Welcome in. This is Corbett's Corner. Appreciate you guys sticking with us. Has uh, been a couple weeks. I got uh, to experience my bigger wedding celebration this past weekend. Uh, COVID robbed us of that in 2020. So we had a blast, but it's back uh, to business here on the Corbett Sports uh, Entertainment Podcast Network. We've got Winging It Back. That'll drop tonight. Most of you will check it out tomorrow morning. And we've got the glasses on, right? Because we've got a lot to talk to. Uh, you about here on Corbett's Corner. And we're going to start with some serious matter. Yes, some serious stuff here. Um, did you catch what happened last night? It's, Shohei Otani is just getting, he's just getting sideswiped left and right. You heard me talk about it, um, you know, almost a month ago, Stephen A stepping on it, which is something stupid, right? What Stephen A did was stupid. It was myopic. It was dumb. It was not a good take. He tripled down and apologized. That's what everyone has to do now because their first two apologies are never good enough. They always have to give the third one. But that's not a, you know, Stephen A still doing his thing. Okay, life goes on. What Jack Morris did, and if you don't know Jack Morris, Hall of Fame pitcher, Detroit Tigers broadcaster now, um, go look up what he attempted to try and be funny what he was trying to do right before Shohei Otani uh, went to bat last night. And it's just like, dude, so what Stephen A did was dumb. This was dumb. Um, But this was just, it wasn't just, you know, myopic and an inconsiderate statement. What he did was he tried to mimic what appeared to be an Asian voice uh, in, in saying what they should do. They should be careful when pitching to Shohei Otani I saw it floated around that maybe it was Elmer Fudd. He was trying, first of all, who was making Elmer Fudd references on the air? I, I get baseball's average audiences in their sixties, but Jack Morris, I mean, this is, this is just flat out racist what he did. Uh, and of course he comes on in uh, you know, it's nationalist. It's, it's making fun of an Asian accent. It's making fun of the best player in baseball right now. And again, it's, it's just unfair because Shohei is just getting side. He's so good. He's leading the league in homers as a pitcher. He's a t- one to 10 favorite to take home the AL MVP. He's the face of baseball. And we've got say it with me at home, kids, a 66 year old white guy, being just unconscionably racist, just making fun of guys. It's been a couple decades. This shit isn't cool anymore. And maybe it's because baseball's audience, nobody's watching. Maybe that's why baseball's audience is so old. Young people, the people that are progressive, that are making the changes that we are gladly making here in 2021 to catch it. You know, we see it at late at night when someone clips and it's like, wait a second, what the hell did that guy just say? Um, Tom Brenneman stepped in it. Buddy, we're not using homophobic slurs anymore. You know, it's not, it's been 20 years. Um, But again, does baseball have a problem? Because this is totally different from the Jack Boris situation. And it's, you know, again, baseball is so Latin. Uh, You've got Asian players from Asian culture. You had the Seattle Mariners, what, what was it, GM or some, a member of their front office basically making fun of one of their foreign players for having an interpreter. I mean, it's just, my God, uh, it's just riddled with nationalism and myopic uh, myopic behavior in baseball, but this might be a more serious problem. Are you seeing what's going on with Trevor Bauer now? We know it's disgusting stuff. A woman, I get, you know, there's the fine line between rough sex and okay, this woman's unconscious. She can't even consent to rough sex because she's not, she's unconscious which is what is being reported with Trevor Bauer and this woman in California. Now it comes out this week 
there was another woman a couple of years ago with a restraining order as well. Same shit. Read into it. Uh, you know, he's punching her all over the body. He's punching her in the face. She goes to the hospital and almost has a skull fracture and it's not a skull fracture. They're getting cross-examined in court with just messy stuff. They're throwing out text messages. Bottom line is, again, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Trevor Bauer is a kind of a shithole. I mean, just take a look at that, dude. Remember, he throws the he throws the baseball over the fence. Uh, that was his last start as a Cleveland Indian when his manager came to take him out. This guy, the, the Dodgers don't want him back. And, I, you know, he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And so what this new story is telling you is someone had to know that the, the, this dude was not a great guy when the Dodgers decided, hey, we're going to pay you three mil. Uh, excuse me, three years, 40 mil, uh, the most annual ever. And now the Dodgers are rightfully eating it. They should, because there's not going to be any felony charges. That's going to be the only way they get out of, well, who knows? You know, there could be more women coming to light with Trevor Bauer. But right now the Dodgers are on the hook for Bauer's salary. Um, just a disgusting situation. I mean, again, they're reading text messages where it's like, okay, was this consensual? Was it not? messy situation trevor bauer but is this is this a does baseball have a problem i think the nfl always gets the headlines when there's a domestic assault case when yada 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 excuse me i don't want to yada 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 that but domestic assault cases in the nfl that's all over the headlines baseball it's kind of the fourth headline on the mlb page in espn which is sickening because i'm going to read off some names which is going to make you kind of think and if you haven't heard about some of these stories, each of them, just do a Google search and you'll find out. It, it, I don't, is this systemic? Here's some names. Trevor Bauer. How about Marcelo Zuna? I think he's still in jail. Uh, Araldis Chapman. He's still pitching, but he served suspension. Roberto Osuna. Uh, Addison Russell, no longer in the league. He was uh, an abuser in his relationship. Um, Mickey Calloway. How about Jung Ho Gong? He was accused of rape, that foreign player from uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates a couple of years back. He's out of the league. Mickey Calloway is, was just rampant kind of sexual assaulter or, or harasser, I should say, in the clubhouse. And now Mickey Calloway, who was with the Cleveland Indians while Trevor Bauer was there, Terry Francona is the manager. And he, how does he not know Trevor Bauer's a bad dude? What's he allowing in his clubhouse? What is that clubhouse kind of toxic culture like? Mickey Calloway's rightfully out of baseball. Uh, go look up Felipe Vasquez. That might be the most horrific story um, associated with these players, but uh, no way to kind of awkwardly transition from baseball's problem. But I do want to actually talk about the baseball season because the St. Louis Cardinals, I mean, great. Eight and two in their last 10 going into last night. They won six straight against the Pirates and the Royals. Uh, let's pump the brakes, people, because I go, I tweeted this out. Okay, Cardinals, let's go. Summertime, you've postseason push. You've got me on my TV, one of my TVs, right? But I'm watching, I'm locked in, and I got to watch four bloop singles for the Cardinals in a 2 0 shutout. Wayno was fine. He worked out of a lot of jams. I love Wayno. What he's doing this year is great. Jack Flaherty's back. He goes tonight. But we got to start beating some good teams if I'm going to get excited about the Cardinals because we've got this three-game set with Milwaukee. Great. We threw up a dud in game one. We're now 11 games back in the wild card. Excuse me, in the division behind those said Brewers. 
we're four games back in the wild card now. What's Flaherty going to give us tonight? Are we going to be able to get one back? Then we got, again, Detroit and Pittsburgh, so we're going to hopefully beat up on them. We'll find out how real this team is in September because that's when we're facing the Reds, the Brewers. You know the Cubs, even though they suck now because they shipped off their entire roster, you know the Cubs are still going to try and give it to the Cardinals and keep us out of the postseason as the rivalry continues. Uh, Cubs lost 12 in a row, but I think the, they won last night. They're up right now as a couple of games are going on as I record this this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Um, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals have a negative 23 run differential. That's injuries have played a part, but that, I think that's what the team is. We're behind the Reds still for three games. I mean, come on, boys, let's pick it up. You can't be putting up four singles against the Brewers. I know they have an unreal pitching staff, but come on. I thought we bolstered that lineup. We got to be able to back Wayno after he gutted out a performance allowing just two runs. Um, some baseball futures I had at the beginning of the year that are starting to look a little bit better. I had the Braves plus money to win their division. And I think it was like 10 to one to win the world series. Remember they were up uh, either three games to one, three games to two on the Dodgers last year before they coughed it up. The Dodgers go on to win the world series. I think the Braves are a very good team. They're now on top of the NL East. So hopefully I can cash that. They're going to have a, uh, they're not going to have to do the one game play. I, are we doing I don't even know what we're doing with the playoffs this year. If we're still doing last year's format, I should do some more digging on that. Uh, I laid the juicy juice on the Dodgers to win the NL West, and my God, the Giants won't slow down. I mean, that patchwork team this year, Buster Posey finally comes back. He's having a hell of a year after he sat out the pandemic season. Dodgers still four games back in the NL West, and they had a walk-off last night against a shitty Pirates team just to keep pace with the Giants. Uh, I also have the Athletics to win the AL West just because I hate the Astros, those cheating bastards. Um, they're two and a half games back, uh, so – Potentially holding out hope there. The Astros are good. I realize that. But uh, the A's are a perennial kind of wildcard team every year as well. And hopefully I can get that future. Uh, something we're all excited about. College football start the countdown 10 days away. News broke today, uh, which was kind of funny. My old stomping grounds, uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, we covered the Nebraska Huskers quite a bit. Scott Frost was supposed to be the savior. He has had three very lackluster seasons, three losing seasons since he returned to his alma mater. Remember, he was the king of the castle, right? After uh, leading UCF to that undefeated record in the bowl game win. He gets busted uh, today for like holding extra practices outside of the protocols during the pandemic season, having like consultants that aren't allowed by NCAA rule to be uh, with the team. And what, what you're doing all this and you could still only get five wins. Uh, Scott, he's under investigation. What the hell is happening at Nebraska? This was the, this was the king of college football in the Osborne days. Now, now they can't even sniff a six win season. Um, you got Bill Moose, the AD stepping down this summer. Uh, what I, I mean, Brett McMur read Brett McMurphy's report. He's the one who broke this today. Random coaches are leaving over the past year. Scott Frost is saying one thing. The Lincoln Journal stars reporting another. Uh, they wanted to pull out of the Oklahoma game, this game that they put on the schedule that was supposed to have uh, the 50-year uh, anniversary of when they played in 1971. They're trying to get out of that game. They are going to get dropped by 60 to this Oklahoma team. But the Huskers, just an absolute mess. Is Scott Frost going to get suspended? That might help them. Uh, maybe get a win. Their first game is actually coming up in 10 days against Illinois, who's fitting in a new coach because they had Lovey Smith 
uh, for way too long after he did nothing with that program. Speaking of Oklahoma, I love them this year. Big 12, the Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the SEC. Texas is just the little dinky boat on the yacht that is Oklahoma heading to the SEC. I don't think Texas is going to do anything this year. I don't think anyone's going to touch Oklahoma in their conference this year. So that's why I like them as minus 200 around that shop around for a line to win the Big 12. They're going to be playing for the title. They, they win almost every year. Lincoln Riley, Spencer Rattler, lock it and load it. Same with Ohio State. They're like only minus like 215, Big 10. That's their conference. Uh, this new guy, Stroud, I believe is a redshirt freshman who's leading the current quarterback battle, according to former BC guy, Ryan. Is it Ryan? Yeah, Ryan Day. Almost made him Darren O'Day. Ryan Day, head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Here are some, this isn't Corbett's, but I, I did do some digging. And of course, we always got to hammer the over for Boston College. You've heard me say now for a couple months, looking at their schedule, I think they have the possibility if they have healthy season and they play to their caliber with that roster and what Jeff Halfley has put together, they could go 11 and one, the one loss at death Valley Clemson. Uh, I mean, that's, that's gotta be a loss, right? They're over under seven and a half last year. It was six hammered that easy win seven and a half, giving them a little bit more credit this year. I still like that over again with Phil Dracovic, uh, Zay flowers, who I see is on some certain boards for Heisman. Um, this in the nasty defense year two under defensive mastermind, Jeff Halfley. We've got a transfer from Florida state, uh, love BC over seven and a half. Speaking of Florida state, uh, let's take their under five and a half, uh, Iowa state too, is the, they were in the, they were like number seven in the AP pool. Huh? Uh, I'm taking their under nine and a half. I'm not buying that. I think they're Brian that they're. I, I'm not so sure about that. Again, they're still going to lose to Oklahoma. They might get snipped by a Texas big 12 is still not very good, but I think nine and a half for Iowa state. We're not just locking them into a college football playoff. All of a sudden the, the AP poll always messes up. They always overrank someone um, super high. And I think Ohio state is the guy that is kind of snuck in uh, to that top 10 that I do not think belongs there. Uh, 10 days. 10 days, you pumped. BC opens with Colgate. Let's just chalk off one on our way to eight there on the win total for your team, my team, the Boston College Eagles. Um, FedEx Cup playoffs start today as start tomorrow, I beg your pardon, as the uh, PGA Tour season is about to conclude. Three more weekends, three more tournaments. I love their format. So they have the FedEx Cup playoff, which is you're accumulating points for all the events you play on the PGA Tour throughout the season, how you finish, top tens, wins, get you the most points. Um, and then so it's kind of like a round of three. So the first round of the FedEx Cup playoffs is this weekend, the Northern Trust. Liberty National, I believe, is the course. And it's the top 125 players in the FedEx Cup standings. Now you can get a chance to perform well here, leapfrog some guys that don't perform here, and the top 70 after this week move on to the BMW Championship and then so on to the top 30 after next weekend, move on to the Tour Championship. Justin uh, Dustin Johnson won it last year. Colin Morikawa has the lead going into... The FedEx Cup playoffs this year. A lot of people like John Rahm, not too far behind him. Uh, I love the format. I think it's going to be interesting. What was interesting, too, was two names that are missing from even the top 125. Justin Rose, who, again, he's uh, maybe on the second half of his career. And a guy that we hope isn't on the second half. We saw Jordan Spieth make the leap, right? He's finally back. He's winning tournaments. He's, oh, he's in the top five and competing at majors. 
that's what we need to see from Ricky Fowler again, who is going to miss the playoffs. He had one top 10 this year. Now he did kind of flirt with some good rounds towards the end of the season, but Ricky Fowler, this dude used to be one of the faces of golf. It was like JT, Spieth, DJ, um, and Ricky. And now it's quickly Ricky is just falling off that map with all those guys, which is a shame because he's a great personality for golf. And we just don't see him on television anymore because he isn't competing. One top 10 uh, the entire season. He played like 20-something events. So he gets left out. I'm throwing a flyer on my boy Stuart Sink to win the Northern Trust this weekend. Why? Because $20 would turn into two grand. And Stuart Sink is one of only six players to win twice on tour this year. Had Speaking of comeback year, Stuart Sink. Uh, having a hell of a season. Let's see if he can get magic one more time at the Northern Trust and pad the wallet for your boy here. That's going to do it for Corbett's Corner. Again, winging it coming out. We've got a jacked episode with the guys. Uh, Keep it locked here as we get into football season. A lot more content coming your way here on the podcast network. We'll talk to you tonight, tomorrow, however you indulge us in this on-demand world that we now live in.